Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. I'm going to ask you to stand back to your feet. Genesis 26, verse 18. Thank you, worship team, for taking us into the presence today. I want to read from the New King James Version, and then I want to read the Amplified Version. And it says this. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. Then in the Amplified Version, it said, Now Isaac again dug, and I like this next part, and reopened. Now Isaac again dug and reopened the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, because the Philistines had filled them up with dirt after the death of Abraham. And he gave the wells the same names that his father had given them. I was reading the other day after Jensen Franklin. I've been reading along with my wife the newest book I think he has out, Acres of Diamonds. But I was reading something else that he had written the other day, and that's where the meat of this message comes from today. It began to stir my heart. It began to stir my thought and my spirit. And I'm asking you today to be very attentive to the Word. Because God's going to tell us something that we don't need to soon forget. He's going to tell us something that we do not need to let go of. Because what we decide to do this morning is going to make all the difference for the future of your family to come. And I'm not just talking about your children or your grandchildren, or your great-grandchildren, or your great-great-great-grandchildren, but generations to come down the line, what we the decisions we make today are going to set the foundation for what's going to happen in your family for generations to come. Father, I ask you now to anoint this word. Lord, help us to hear Help us to receive. Help us to be open to the will of your word, your spirit, and your power. And I'm asking you now, Lord, to help us not just to hear with our ears, but help us to hear with our heart and with our mind and with our soul. Father, help us. Help us. That we will understand everything you want us to understand. But help us to make it a part of who we are. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you this morning on this thought. Redig it. Sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? Redig it. When we read this verse of Scripture, the Bible said that Isaac again dug and reopened the wells of water 
which had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father. It said he went back, he redug it, he reopened it, and there was a reason, there was a purpose, because that well represented life. That well represented the fact that they could live and enjoy life. But when he redug them, he called them wells. He called the wells by name, which his father had called them. And I, I like what it said there that he dug again. He dug again the wells of water, which meant he didn't have to start fresh. It was already there. And this morning when I say to you, redig it, and I want everybody to say that with me, redig it. Come on, say it again. Redig it. We need to redig some wells that God wants us to open up in our homes and in our families. Whether you know it or not, there's wells that have been dug in your family. There's possibly wells that have been dug in your home. The wells that we are supposed to refresh and revive with living water. Wells that have already been dug and all the way has already been laid. It's already been prepared. It's not something we have to start fresh with. It's not something that we have to start ourselves, but it's already been done. And let me back up for a moment. The wells that we're supposed to refresh and revive with living water. The Bible said the Philistines, the enemies of God's people, if you would, they had stopped them up or clogged them up. The Bible said they had filled them up with dirt. Now that's important. Therefore, there was no way for the new generation or Isaac and his generation and the generations after, there was no way for them to get water from the well his father Abraham had dug. It seemed as though it had stopped with Abraham. But I want you to notice, it lets you know that a well is a pit or it's a hole sunk into, into the earth to provide water. That means there has to be some digging. You have to go down. You have to go through. You have to dig up the earth and you have to remove it and you have to keep going down and down until you find water. But when you find that water, it's in a pit or it's in a hole. In other words, you cannot get the water unless you get down into the hole, unless you're willing to dig into the earth. And I want to just say this to somebody here this morning. If you feel like you're in a hole this morning and you feel like you're in a low place today, can I just tell you that you're actually closer to the water right now than what you realize. You may be in a low place and you may feel like you're in a hole, but you're closer to the water than what you actually understand. But let me go back to the whales here for a minute. I'll lay a little foundation for you. Whales in the Bible were very important. Now, so often today we take water for granted because we can walk into one of these restrooms over here. We turn a little faucet on. Water starts running. It runs as long as you leave it on. When you get finished, you turn it off. You're done. You're through. You go on. You come back. You want to drink a water. You go to the water fountain. You turn the little knob. It water comes out. You're good to go. So we take for granted water. 
But when you go back to the Bible days, water was very important. It were, the wells were very important. They were hard to find. They were hard to dig in ancient times. You didn't, they, didn't dig, they had to dig wells. They didn't have drills like we have now. They didn't have modern equipment or technology like we do now. It was in like Middle Eastern territory, terrain, desert, dry, hot, extremely hot. And I want you to notice, in those places where it was extremely hot in every place, a well was a matter of life. It was a matter of life and death. It was a must. And I want everyone in this house to hear this. If you had a well in biblical days, you were a very wealthy person. For in biblical days, wells of water were like oil wells are today. They were very necessary. They were very needful. And if you had one, you were a wealthy person. But notice, Abraham had dug wells. He had gone through the stresses and the strains of digging and preparing and going until he found water to supply for his family. And I want you to listen to this. He dug a well of water, and he struck that water, and he understood that in the time he lived, for his family to live and for his family to survive, not just then, but in generations to come, they had to have water. They had to have a fresh supply. And I want you to hear this. The energy that it took and the time that it took for him to dig these wells, he understood that it was not just for him and for his wife and for his children, but it was for his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and those on down the line. So he knew it was worth the expense. It knew it was worth the time. It was worth every effort to dig those wells because he knew it would help his family to survive. Bible said in Proverbs 13 and 22, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Another way of saying that is this. A good church leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And I'm going to say something I want everybody in this house to listen to. You don't just need a good church. Your children need a good church. Your grandchildren need a good church. Your great-grandchildren need a good church. Your great-great-great-great-grandchildren need a good church. And I want to say this as the pastor of Valley View Church. We need to make sure that we are a spirit-filled church that will remain for generations to come so that not only you can drink from the well of living water, but your children, your children's children, and on down the line can drink from the well of living water of the Spirit of God. And let me just say it on behalf of the church. Every time we love truth and every time we live it, we are securing a well for the next generation to come. I'm going to tell you something that weighs heavy on me is that we're living in a time now when not very many churches are allowing the Spirit of God to move anymore. Not many churches are allowing the Spirit of God to be real in their presence anymore. Well, let me just stop and tell you that if the whale stops here, what's going to happen to our children? If the whale stops now, what's going to happen to our grandchildren? We've got to keep the whale ever 
flowing. We've got to keep the presence of God real among the people of God. In the house of God, the Spirit of God has got to flow. In Genesis 26 and 18, it said when Abraham died, and that's key, it let us know that when Abraham died, I want you to understand something. When he died, the Philistines filled up the wells. They barricaded the wells. They covered up the wells. Listen, they waited till Abraham died, and then they put the barricades. They waited till Abraham died, and then they filled him up with dirt. Well, what does that mean? As long as Abraham was alive, they wouldn't touch the wells. You know why? Because Abraham fought for the wells. Abraham stood for the wells. He fought for what was his. He fought for what he had dug. He fought for his family. He fought for their futures. And I want to tell you, some wells are worth fighting over. I said, some wells are worth fighting over. And notice, if you would, he knew that if he, if he did not fight, the enemy would come in. But here's what I want you to get. When he died, the enemy rose up. When he died, the enemy comes in. And I want you to notice, now that he's dead, the new generation wouldn't defend the well. And they begin, the Philistines begin to say, well, the new generation won't defend the well, so we'll just put dirt in and we'll start serving mixed water, if you will. We can serve dirty water. As a matter of fact, we can just drive the next generation out and they will die off. As soon as Abraham died, they worked to cover up everything that he had accomplished. And I want to make a statement here. I wonder sometimes if the enemy sits by and he waits for grandmas and grandpas to die off, mamas and daddies to die off, people that have stood for the, the presence of God for so many years and have allowed the Spirit of God to move and allowed the Holy Ghost to be real. I wonder if the enemy stands by many times and waits for them to die off and just says, well, they believed in the living water. They believed in the presence of God. They believed in the Spirit of the Lord. They allowed the river to flow. But I wonder if he waits for them to die off to say, well, now their family's going to dry up. Now their family's going to die out spiritually. Now their family's going to drift away. Now I've got them where I want them. Listen to me. I'm here today as the pastor of this church to declare to you. And I want you to hear this very closely. I'm here this morning to declare to you and to determine that our children will drink from the same well that we drink from. I'm here to declare to you that our grandchildren will drink from the same well that we drink from. That our great-grandchildren will drink from the same well that we drink from. What does it mean, Pastor? They don't need some watered-down power of the Holy Spirit. They don't need some dirty water mixed in, if you would. What they need is one drink of the living water that will give them life forevermore. What they need is a drink that will they will never, ever thirst again. Amen? And I want to say this to you. If we allow the Spirit of God to die out now, what will it do to our children and those to come after? We need and we must have an Isaac generation that will get the shovel out and let every enemy know, 
I'm not going to let you take away what is mine. I'm not going to let you take away what's been dug for me. I'm not going to let you take away what has been attained for me and my family. But I'm going to redig the wells. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to make up the hedge. I'm going to make sure my children know who the Holy Ghost is. I'm going to make sure my children know what living water is. I'm going to make sure my children know what salvation is. I'm going to make sure my children know what deliverance is. I'm going to make sure my children know what healing is. Somebody listen to me this morning. I'm saying to us today that the devil would love when all the older warriors die off. He would love for something to change in your family. He's doing everything he can to stop up the well that's in your family. He's doing everything he can to stop up the well in your life. The Bible said in Joshua, there arose another generation who knew not God or his mighty acts. There arose another generation. Can I tell you, we're living in an hour now when there's a generation rising up that knows not God and it knows not his mighty acts. But I'm determined that there's still a generation that's going to know who he is. That's going to know what he can do. Know what he's capable of. But not just know it, but experience it for themselves. We're in danger of the time that we're in. I want you to hear this. I know the power. My mom and daddy dug wells. Their parents before them dug wells. Their grandparents before them dug wells. And for generations now, we've been drinking from that well. I'm talking about me and my family. But there's a generation rising up that's digging wells and knows not God. I don't want that mess in my house. I don't want that mess in the church. I want our generation to know God, I feel him. Are you listening to me this morning? I want our generation to know he's still alive and well. In the name of Jesus, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and on down the line are going to drink from a well that I have dug through fasting and through prayer and through seeking God. And you got to make that the same determination over your family, over your home. In the name of Jesus in this church, our children, our grandchildren are going to drink from a well that we have dug through fasting and through prayer and seeking God. Every time the Bible said that they uncovered the wells that Abraham named and Isaac redug those wells, listen, he did not change their name. It's going to get a little deep right now, but just hang on. Every time Isaac redug a well, he didn't rechange the name. But he kept the same name. And there was a reason. There's some things we don't need to change the name to. 
I said, there's some things we don't need to change the name to. The wells in those days represented somebody in a family who dug a well, and they would name it after that person, and that became the name. But I like what it said when Isaac redug the well. He did not change the name. And I want to say this to you. Somewhere in your family roots, somewhere in your family tree, there was a mama, there was a father, there was a grandmother, there was a granddaddy, there was an uncle, there was an aunt, somebody who dug a well in heaven's memorial. That name is still on that well. So in your family, somebody's dug a well. In your family, somebody paid the price. And can I tell you, that's why you could not stay where you were in sin. That's why you could not stay lost. That's why you could not stay away from God. That's why you're sitting in this house this morning because somebody dug a well. Are you listening to me today? You don't even know why you keep coming, but somebody dug a well. You don't know why you're where you are, but somebody dug a well. And I want you to hear me. It's not that water's still not there in that family well, but maybe you've allowed the Philistines to put some dirt in your well. Maybe you've allowed the Philistines or the enemy spirit to put dirt in your well and clog up the wells of the past that have been dug. But I want to tell you that if you're willing to start where you are and reach out to God and say, God, I'm going to do some digging. God, I'm going back to the wells of salvation. I'm going back to the wells of deliverance. I'm going to the back to the wells of my fathers and I'm going to dig again and I know there is water there. Listen to me. I'm going to dig and Lord I know there's some water there. And I want to tell you something. If you keep digging long enough, it may be dirt for a while. But after a while, all of a sudden, you'll start hearing that little bit of a slosh. You'll start hearing that little bit of a, oh, when you the sound of mud. And the next thing you know, you tap into that water source. And listen, before you know it, you're going to hit the river that your little granny swam in. You're going to hit the river your little granny drank from or your grandpa drank from. And I want to tell you, there's healing there. There's revival there. There's there's restoration there. There's deliverance there. There's family, household, salvation there. When you find that well and you find that place, there's what you need will be there. Listen, I want to talk to somebody. I don't care how messed up your kids are. I don't care how messed up your children are. I don't care how far from God they are. There's a well in your house. Are you listening to this preacher this morning? It may not be popular preaching, but you better hear me this morning. I don't care how far your spouse is from God. I don't care how far your children is from God. There's a well in your house, and somebody dug that well. And if you're only willing to go back and dig, I want you to hear me. You're going to hit water. I want you to listen. If you're only willing to dig again, you're going to hit water. But the problem is we've gotten used to drinking muddy water. Amen? We've gotten used to drinking muddy water. We've gotten used to cloudy water. We've forgotten what clear, clear crystal living water tastes like. Too many have forgotten what it tastes like. They've forgotten what it's like. But I want you to hear this. We've got to long for a drink from those wells again. We've got to long for a drink of fresh living 
water. I want to ask you a question. I know God moves in this house, and I know God moves in this church, and I know God's doing great things. But when's the last time you've had a drink of living water? I'm not talking about a little blessing or a little touch or a little stir of your emotions. When's the last time you've had a drink of living water? When's the last time? Oh, God, I feel him. we got to redig the wells, but when we do, we cannot rename them. We got to redig the wells, but don't you go back and change the name. Don't you change where it or the label it is upon it. Let me give you something here. You still got to repent from sin and forsake your sin. I'm not going to rename it for this generation or no generation to come. You still got to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I'm not going to rename that well. You still got to go out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And we're not going to change the name of that well. Are you with me this morning? I'll give him a hand in here. It's okay. Let's go a little further. There's only two dimensions that you can be headed into into eternity. It's either heaven or it's hell. And we're not going to change the name of it. We're not going to change it to be politically correct for the hour in which we're living in. It's either heaven or it's hell, and there is no in-between. Let's go a little further. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're living right or you're living wrong. You're a hypocrite or you're sold out to Jesus Christ with a cross on your back. There is no middle ground, and we're not going to change the name of it. Are you with me? I know it's not popular preaching. I know it's not what we like to hear, but it's what we got to hear. It's what we got to understand. It's what we got to know. He said, I wish you were hot or I wish you were cold, but if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Let's get a little closer. If you're living in sin, you're a sinner and you're going to go to hell if you don't find Jesus. And we're not going to change the name of that well. You with me? You with me? That well's been dug, and we're not going to change the name of that well. I know that's tough, and I know that's hard, but I want you to know I love you enough to preach the truth to you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to preach it to you this morning. Listen, you can't have joy with one foot in the world, getting drunk half the time, getting high half the other time, and running to God on Sunday. You can't do it. It doesn't work that way, and we're not going to rename that well. Listen, I want to talk to somebody in this room. The reason you're not satisfied is because you're drinking unpure water. The reason you're not satisfied is because you haven't been drinking the pure water God meant for you. You're drinking dirty water. you got to get the dirt out of your life. I said, you got to get the dirt out of your life. As long as the dirt's in, the water's going to be cloudy. As long as the dirt's in, the water's going to be muddy. And as long as you're drinking of the muddy water, you're going to be dissatisfied. 
But the moment the dirt gets out and the water becomes clear and you start drinking of that living water again, that fresh living water that only God can give, and you start drinking from it again, your joy will come back, your peace will come back. Oh, the mercy of God and the grace of God will become a reality in your life again. Things in your life will turn around. I want to share with you three wells quickly this morning that we got to redig. Okay, Pastor, we're talking about redigging wells. I want to share three of them. We got to redig. And you need to pay close attention to everything I'm about to say to you. Number one, we got to redig the well of worship. We got to redig the well of worship. Valley View Church, we are so blessed to have, and I said it last week and I'm going to say it again, some of the most powerful worship you'll ever experience. Some of the most powerful presence in worship you will ever experience in your life. And I'm going to just tell you, please don't take it for granted. Please don't pass it off. And I'm not saying that because my daughter leads it. I'm not saying that because my family's involved in it. I'm saying it because it's a truth. And I'm saying it because it's real. Please don't take it for granted. Please don't pass it off. Please don't miss what God's doing in it. But we got to redig the well of salvation, or, or excuse me, of worship. We cannot lose the well of worship. We got to keep worship opened up. We cannot let the devil throw dirt on our worship. Did you hear what I said? We cannot let the devil throw dirt on our worship. And I'm not talking about this team because they're giving their 120% every Sunday. But you as an individual, you got to get your worship on. You got to open your worship up. You got to allow it to become real in you. You cannot let the devil throw dirt on your worship. Demons are coming after your family. Worship will bring victory. Demons are coming after your children. They're coming after your family. They're coming after your home. They're coming after your life. you got to put on your worship. You better get a sensor of worship and start saying, Devil, get out of my house. Devil, get out of my children. Devil, get out of my marriage. Devil, get out of my home. I'm worshiping my way to the throne of God and the victory that Calvary won, that Jesus won for me at the cross of Calvary. That's where I'm going. That's what you have to tell yourself. That's what you have to remind the enemy. you got to redig the well of worship. Hell's told some of you in this room. Hell has told some of you in this room your children don't even come to church anymore. They don't even talk about God anymore. They're not even coming back to church anymore. But I want to tell you there is a river. I said, I want to tell you, there is a river. I don't care what the devil tells you. I don't care what kind of lies belched up out of hell. There is a river. There is a well in your family. And all it needs is an Isaac generation that's ready to go back and redig the well again. God sent me by to tell you, there's a river. There's a well in your family. All you got to do is be an Isaac and redig it again. Right here is where most people's shovels are, up on a pedestal looking pretty. I thought about it when I was sitting on the front row. I wish I'd have brought mine from home. It's old, ugly, dirty, nasty. Handles about tore off of it because it's been used. I wish I'd have brought it, Bart, instead of this pretty polished one. 
This is where most people's shovels are. They're pretty in the pile up. Ain't seen dirt in a long time. Ain't seen mud or rust in a long time. But I want to ask you something. Are your children worth digging again? Are your grandchildren worth digging again? Are your chil- are your fa- is your family to come? Is it worth digging again? Is it worth going back? Is it worth? Number two, we got to redig the well of sacrifice. Listen to me. We got to redig the well of sacrifice. Sacrifice has been sacrificed in this generation. We don't want it to cost us anything. We want this easy believism. We have abandoned sacrifice. We want things to be easy. We don't want to pay the price. We want the easy believing where we don't have to really do much. It don't it don't cost us much. We don't have to exert a lot of energy. We don't have to put a lot in, but yet we want to get a lot out. That's where a lot of people are today, but I want you to hear me. God didn't shudder when he said to Abraham, take your boy to the mountain and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. God did not shudder when he said it. God did not suggest, Abraham, you do it, but he didn't miss a beat. He said, do it. He didn't suggest that Abraham take his son to the mountain. He said, do it. God required it. And I want to say this to us. Do you want to be blessed? If you want to be blessed, it's going to require sacrifice. If you want to be blessed, it's going to require sacrifice. And here's one for you. You want an anointing a thousand times stronger than what you have today? If you do, it's going to require sacrifice. Anointing is not going to come sitting idly by wishing and hoping it to happen. You're going to have to pay the price. It will take sacrifice to get the dirt out. It will take sacrifice to get the carnality out, to get the flesh out, and to be filled again. It's going to take sacrifice to be filled again. But remember this. Everybody listen to me. Remember this. You're not just digging for you. I can't say it enough. You're digging for your children. You're digging for your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, and on down the line. You are digging for generations to come, and they've got to feel this. They've got to experience this. They've got to know what we know. They've got to experience what we experience. They've got to feel the presence and the power and the realness of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They've got to feel and know the power of God. Robert, I'm not putting you on the spot, but you can take it. Someone pick on you. But if you let it die, Danica will lose it. Let's just get real. Ashley, if we let it die, our kids won't want it. They'll lose it. They'll lose it. You have to remember and understand who you're digging for. And I don't care how tired you get. I don't care how weary you get. I don't care how many times you want to quit. It's not worth it to quit. 
You gotta keep digging. You gotta keep searching. You gotta keep going. It's imperative. Your life depends on it. Your children's life depends on it. Your grandchildren, your generation, they depend on it. I thought about this the other day. My grandfather, my dad's dad, my mom's mom's family as well. But they dug wells. They were Holy Ghost-believing, power-packed people. My grandma Owens, well, you've heard me say it before, when that woman would get to praying in the Holy Ghost, she sounded like an Indian warrior. My God, she'd make the hair stand up on the back of your head. Just watch. They dug wells. I said it earlier. And me and my family have been drinking from those wells. Me and Ashley have dug wells, and our family's drinking from those wells. But I'm determined, Robert Ogle, I am determined that I'm going to dig wells that will keep flowing for my family and the generations to follow after me. Number three, we got to redig the well of faith. Jesus said, when I come back, Listen to the question he had. Will I still find faith in the earth? He said, when I come back, will I still find faith in the earth? In other words, will anybody be preaching healing anymore? Hear Jesus saying this, when I come back, will they be anointing with oil anymore? Will they be laying hands on people anymore? Will they be preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost anymore? When I come back, will they be speaking with other tongues anymore? When I come back, will they be prophesying anymore? Will they be preaching miracles, signs, and wonders anymore? I know he didn't say it specifically that way in that verse, but what he was saying here, when I come back, Will I still find faith in the earth? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, I do not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I come in demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, I do not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I come to you in demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear this statement. If you hadn't heard anything else I've said, that's exactly what we have desperate need of in this church right now. That's what we have a desperate need for in this church right now. What? Not that we come in enticing words of man's wisdom, but that there is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost in and among us. Give the Lord a hand in here. How do you unclog the well of faith? I'm bringing it to a close. I want you to listen to me. How do you unclog the well of faith? You get the dirt and the unbelief out. You cannot unclog the well of faith with doubt and unbelief still there. You got to get the unbelief and the doubt out. You got to tell yourself, listen to me, somebody hear me. This is important. 
you got to tell yourself, I believe my children will be saved. Remember what I said earlier? The devil's told you they ain't come to church, they ain't coming to church, they ain't, there's still a well. There's still a river. There's a well that somebody dug. You got to tell yourself, I believe my children are going to be saved. I believe my body is going to be healed. I believe my finances will prosper and I will be blessed. That's what you got to tell yourself. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. You got to tell yourself, God, you can do it, and I receive it. I want everybody in this room to say this with me God, you can do it. Say it again, God, you can do it. Say it again, God, you can do it. Say it again, God, you can do it. Say it one more time, God, you can do it. Now say this with me I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I want you to stand to your feet all across this room. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. Don't anybody walk in and out for just a moment, please. Be very reverent to the Holy Ghost. I believe. You have to be able to say, I want the dirt of unbelief out of my life. I want the dirt of doubt out of my life. you got to say, God, you can do it again, and I receive it. Tell you some of the reality. Some of the reality is this some of you have buried your faith. Some of you have buried your faith. You have buried what you believe. Lazarus, when he died, and his sisters and his family put him in the tomb, they buried their faith. Very softly. They buried their faith. Listen. Mary and Martha, they knew Jesus. They knew what he could do. Oh, they believed in the resurrection, but they believed in the resurrection to come. When they put Lazarus in the tomb, they buried their faith. And they basically said to themselves, it's too late. It's over. It's done. It's finished. How many people have said, it's over? It's done? It's finished? Maybe you've never said that with your mouth, but you said it with your actions. Maybe you've never verbally said it. But you said it with how you've lived and how you carried yourself. I'm going to say this again. Some of you have children and grandchildren. They don't talk about God anymore. They don't come to church anymore. But God told me to tell you, He still moves stones. He told me to tell you, Brandy, he still moves stones. Did you hear me, Brandy? He still moves stones. To every person in this room, 
and still move stones. You need to redig the well of faith. And you need to start saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm talking to some people in this room. You need to redig the wells and say, as of for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <clears throat> Anna, nobody else can dig it for you. Nathan, nobody else can dig it for you. Kevin, nobody else can dig it for you. Jerry, nobody else can dig it for you. Hey, Caleb, son, ain't nobody else can dig it for you. Les, ain't nobody else can dig it for you. Casey, can't nobody else dig it for you. Only you can dig it. Nobody else. Ain't nobody else can dig it. I'm not walking by what I see. I'm walking by what I hear. What I hear is greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. What I hear is I'm an overcomer through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I don't have to do this any other way than just do it this way. I preach my heart to you this morning. Thursday night, as I was sitting at the desk where I was, in that alone time with God, this was pouring into me, and about 2 o'clock that morning, I laid down. And it has burned through my spirit ever since. And I've delivered it to you the best way I know how. But only you can get it. And I'm going to do this exactly the way I felt like the Lord wanted me to do it. And I wrote it down. If you're ready to redig some wells. And remember, you're digging them for you. But you're digging them for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and generations to come.